Episode 62 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about the 10th installment of the Board Game Geek Gen Con 2022 preview. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and I talk about the final publishers on this list, including The Scorpion Mask, Smirk and Dagger Games, Smirk and Laughter Games, Solus Game Studio, Spin Master Limited, Studio H, Thunderworks Games, Ubisoft Montreal, Van Ryder Games, and Weird Giraffe Games. The links to the games mentioned are in the episode description. This has been quite a marathon that we started all too casually, and we're getting closer to the end. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam talking about the Board Game Geek Gen Con 2022 preview. Woo! It's been a good, it's been a fun run. I'm excited to see it close in a positive way, but this yes. has been, uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, and I, in the outros, I'm often saying like, well, this mistake that we're in the middle of, I'm like, it's not a mistake, it's just, it was, I didn't expect the list to get longer so fast after we started recording and if it had been this long from the beginning like we may have made a different choice but that 25th century episode we're just chilling chit-chatting like there aren't 200 more games (laughs) to get through (laughs) so yeah the it has reasonably picked up pace but it has been nice to just kind of look at these games and I feel like you know this was never meant to be like oh we're going to be experts on this game it is just like a casual chat you kind of listen to it, and I hope that someone, let's at least one person, finds these and is able to just listen to them as they travel to Gen Con. Yes, just yeah. to give them, uh, you know, it's a thing I like to do with lots of activities, honestly, like mm-hmm. listen to a thematic podcast based on the activity. That right, doing. right. And not like, you know, you're just, you're in the airport, you can kind of space out, you just kind of hear, you're probably playing some app. You can just hear what like piques your interest and then, you know, not so much on the things that don't. So next up is La Scorpion Mask. Yes. And Turing Machine. Which took me a minute because we're doing these in alphabetical order. And I'm like, L is not in the middle of yeah. R and S. But then I realized it just must be yes. uh, of of a uh, another language. It's... Yes, an article of another language. Right. I think it's just the, I'm guessing. Right. But yes, that's why it's falling at this point in our in our list. Right. It's one of four players. It's 20-minute game, $40, age 14 plus. I could have, just from seeing it and being a short play time, I could have thought it was going to be a lower cost. But I am interested because I like the theming of it. Now it's deduction. And they went ahead and put deduction as the tag twice. Uh, and then there's spies and secret agents. So all of that doesn't sound great for me, but there's a one-player mode. So kind of interesting, like, how you're going to play against the machine if you're just going to be doing this solo. Right. I mean, it looks from the snippet that I'm reading here and the box, it's a figure out the right thing. I mean, it's just like a game of Clue, but with, like, computers Code and probably cracking. some more variables and stuff like that. Uh, a quote from Alan Turing. I'm going to assume that it's named after him. Codes are a puzzle, a game, just like any other game. So that's fun. Uh, Turing Machine, and this isn't part of the code anymore. Turing Machine is a unique deduction game that uses a proto-computer that runs without electronics or electricity. Your goal is to find the only code that will pass the test of all the verifiers, AIs that answer your proposals using a never-before-seen punch card system. The game offers more than 7 million problems... What's okay? 
There's the forty dollars. So six and a half million more from than I simple, need. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> from simple to mind staggeringly complex. I would like someone just that's played this. And so it's like, oh, is it good? But like, actually, it staggered my mind. So just be aware before you go in there. <laughs> uh, don't have any big activities afterwards. No. You're going to be mind staggering all <laughs> over the place. When you look at it, it doesn't look like it's going to be, I shouldn't say it doesn't look like it'll be difficult, but it looks approachable and very like streamlined and clean. Correct. I agree. I don't want to say this is the one I'm most excited for. Oh. But wow. I might say that for the solo mode, that it's really just a puzzle like, I will get puzzle books. I will buy puzzle like video games, things on like the eShop and on Steam. Sure. So I think this is maybe a little closer to that than a regular board game. And I got the Search for Planet X, which was like a logic puzzle game, and didn't like it more than logic puzzles in a way that made me sort of hate it. But that's because I love logic puzzles so much already. Yep. So I think this may be closer to a logic puzzle. Uh, and maybe not super close to a game, especially the solo mode. And I am here for it. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm clicking the must-have on yeah, that one. Yeah, $40 is pretty good then, If you know, after you sell that. It's $7 <laughs> million problems, right. so, yeah. <laughs> I do like to be a completionist, and that seems impossible here, so going to have to set my mind for that going into it. But seems great. And a 20-minute, I don't know, for the different complexity and then a 20-minute playtime, it doesn't seem like you get to sit there and just have an infinite amount of time. Like, they don't even say 20 to 60 minutes. So that'll be interesting to see, like, if it's that complex, do you just, like, lose? Like, is there still just only so many turns and then you lose and you just have to try a new one of the seven million puzzles? Right. You just draw a card and it's like, mind staggered. You're done. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, next, next puzzle. <laughs> right. You don't, don't even. Right. Don't even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I am very interested in that one. That's the only one from the Scorpion Mask. Next up, we have, I'm going to put them together, really? There's smirk and dagger, and then there's smirk and laughter. And I don't think they needed to be different companies. I see a pretty big difference already between these two. This here. is true. Because the spill is a bummer. Yes, it definitely is. But if you think back to what was the one that had the champagne game and then also ferrets and also bugs? Right. I think it was R&R games, yeah. maybe. I feel like, you know, you can put it all under one. But yes, the spill is uh, one of four players. Our playtime, $50. You're working together to contain a devastating oil spill and save the sea life. There are action points. It's a cooperative game. It's an adventure animal game. Um, yes, we are seeing in general, you know, we saw so much of the same theme over and over. Like, why don't you go to this new land and get rid of everyone who's there and exploit all its resources? We are definitely seeing themes that kind of have you thinking about the actual world, real events, how you can make the world better instead of kind of focusing on exploitation of the past. And I think that's neat. It is a bit of a bummer. And you're obviously doing a good thing, helping out, you know, trying to contain an oil spill. But just the person carrying the sad turtle on the cover is just... Yeah. I don't know. It's really nice art. Like, I will say, it, the art itself doesn't bum you out. It's Quan Chai Moria. I have said before, uh, he makes the art, and I'm like, yeah, I want to see that art in my house. I guess I'll buy this game. Right. Lovely art. And, you know, these are very – people are actively saving. I think that's the uplifting thing that you can say because it's abstract. Like, she's holding a sea turtle, but then there's, like, dolphins just sort of jumping. It's not all to scale. It's kind of like a compilation of all these different animals and everything. 
It's very nice. It's very nice. Um, and then the game itself has like this dice tower thing in the center. And I don't really know how it works. I believe there's probably playthroughs to watch for this to understand. It looks like the dice kind of like fall out of this center tower in different Oh, in different directions. So that center tower yeah. is meant to look like an oil rig. You know, the big thing that sticks out. Yeah. And then it's black dice that's that are the oil. It looks like that feels feels pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's yeah. bad not, at all. It's just a certain mental weight. Part, and I'm just looking at the next game and the difference between these two games. Oh, very big. Now, this uh, before we leave off of the spill, yes. it looks like it was on Kickstarter. So I don't know if there's going to be like different Kickstarter edition or different bonus things as often is the case. Moving on to boop. <laughs> yep. It even has a, a period at the end. So you really feel like you need to punch it. And it's got just the happiest cartoon cat on the front. Very simple line drawing cartoon cat. And what a cutie. It's a very thinky game for two clever cats. Huh? It's a two player only game. I think you'll need that like uplifting bit of fun. Now it is forty dollars as well. Uh, well, I guess the the spill was fifty. This is forty, so a little high for a two player twenty to thirty minute game, in my opinion. But you are trying to boop cats off the bed before they boop yours. It's adorable and challenging. Uh, grid movement, pattern building, abstract strategy, and of course animals. Yeah, it looks like it's on some sort of a nearly cloth mat. So maybe part of that $40 is some high quality components on this. And I don't know why that is necessary. That might take a video to explain. It looks like they've put next to nothing in this box. Is that just me? I mean, there's about 32 cat tokens, a quilt. Yeah. Like a quilted mat that's on top of the box, $40. Is the box like springy oh i don't know about that i can't actually see the box unless it is the box i think that that thing that they're on is somehow the box like that's what i'm assuming it's like you turn the box inside like you know you take the box off you turn it upside down you put this little mat on it there's some sort of drapery around the side as well so i don't know if that's i think that's printed you think that's i think that's printed there seems to be another game or maybe it was a prototype called pounce house and that looks like it may have been an actual little cloth around the table but basically you're just it's a grid of two different types of cat i think it, i think it's an actual that's cloth the game. thing around there i don't know that's not the deciding point of this but i do think looking at some of the other photos they look either the best printing of a 3d item or i think it's cloth some sort of lace on the sides mm, in any case it depends on how crucial that box is, because I feel like, well, I've got spare change and graph paper. What is the difference here? Like, we could be nickels versus dimes on graph paper. Correct. But it's very cute. The The cover's very cute. I, I'm sure the components will be as adorable. There were a few prototype kind of pictures in there, um, so not sure which ones of those are final. Yeah, that that will be interesting to see as well. But yeah, and if it's... I mean, if it's a good game that's really replayable, I think it maybe validates some of the unnecessary uh, fancities of the other things. But if it's like a bad game, they just spend right. their money on that, then yeah, it would be disappointing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, Soulless Game Studio, um, they're going to have Learn to Play in Tournament events for, 
I can only imagine the one game they have here, which is Pocket Paragons. Two-player game, three to 15 minutes. So it says a three-minute asymmetrical duel featuring characters from Aegeus? Yep. Aegis? I don't know what that is. They're featuring characters. It's $25. Now, there's also Pocket Paragons Origins, Pocket Paragons Rivals of Aether. Sure. Pocket Paragons Temporal Odyssey. Could be saying a lot of those wrong. They're all $25. It's an intense three-minute duel. It's deeply asymmetrical. There have been a lot of those games on Matches 1 we'll kind of mention as a default for that category. This says hand management, rock, paper, scissors, bluffing card game. So actually, doesn't sound like unmatched at all. There's no rock, paper, scissors in that. I know there are some games that use like a fighting rock, paper, scissors system where it's like, where are you going to block right. or not? Um, one person can block and then the other person can attack and then you can dodge or I don't know, something like that. And it's a matter of who plays what when. It seems like a lot to bring in for what is effectively rock, paper, scissors, but the asymmetrical part probably changes that now where do you think this all began with, with i i don't know pocket paragons origins the next option in the list oh yeah yeah featuring characters from Aegis. again we're probably not saying it right there's three of these that seem to have like just different kind of characters in them each of the covers show different characters i'd imagine it's a mix and match thing oh i'd hope so i realize now you actually listed all of them earlier and then I just hadn't scrolled that far. So I just went to the next one. Right, I was just going to go with yeah, it. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. it's uh, It seems to be a lot of the same. So if you've heard of any of these things, get excited. $25, they're going to have them all. You can demo it. Learn to play in tournament, a tournament even, Ooh. at Gen Con. Yeah. Go for it. Um, moving on to Spin Master. Now, the first one, another popular or classic IP, I would even say, The Godfather, Last Family Standing. It's three to six players, 30 minutes, $20, and you play cards to form strategic alliances in the party game you can't refuse. Oh. I will not be doing a Godfather voice. No, no. And I, you know what? I, I will refuse this, actually, but that's okay. We'll still talk about it. <laughs> Just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in. Will your family have power over them all? So you're playing cards for strategic alliances. You're performing actions. You're taking aims at your opponents to gain power and take on other players' dons. It's not personal. It's business. Last player standing. Sure. All right. This seems fine. I know there's like a big Godfather game. This seems better because it's 30 yeah. minutes. One of the other Godfather games, let's be honest. Right. Is pretty well received. Oh, so is it? Okay. I think so. I think so. But again, I don't really know. I haven't played it. I haven't played this. Three to six players, but I think a lot of times when you're doing this strategic alliance thing, it, it kind of has to be higher player counts. Uh, calls it a party game, but just up to six players is, I don't know, I guess I guess that's a party. But I, I kind of think of party games as ones that can expand even beyond that. Okay. For the same price, I'm a little more excited about the next one, I think. Yes, less is more. And that is, uh, I you use fewer letters to score points. And if you actually look at the tagline and and BGG, they have taken out vowels to of that statement to get the point across. So that's a party game. It says three to six players. I would be surprised if you can't play more on this. It seems like a guessing kind of thing. Um, not like you have to have cards, so we can only have up to six people. It's ages 10 plus, 20-minute playtime, $20. Yes, this does look like something you would like. 
yeah, this is what I want out of a party game. We've been doing these other things now on this list. We've been waiting for this. Yeah. This is what I like here. It's a little bit different than all of the other things on my shelf. So I feel like I'm not just bringing out the same game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it a lot. I think it'd be pretty funny play, especially with people that want to try to use insanely few letters on that and to see what the guesses yeah. are. I like it. Right. It looks like you have a card that has uh, six different items on it. And one of the examples, it was uh, Madonna. And I think they did, I think they all have um, song titles. And they have gone with just taking out the vowels. And I kind of hope the cover shows one that doesn't just take the vowels out. But I hope that's not the whole thing. Because that's not, that's not so exciting. No, there's an example where it was like Berlin. And you could put like, capital germany or cap german or cap de mm. for like denmark you know or you know whatever deutschland so like that one i like mm-hmm. better as a way to kind of shorten it down into just some different options right right yeah and i like the uh the box so you open the box the yep. bottom half of the box has a score counter printed along the edges and then there's like little clips not paper clips but imagine something like that that then moves around the board to keep track of score that's great. I think that I can't I don't want to say that's the thing I'm most excited about, but I feel like things like that where it's like you already have the box. Yes, let's just go ahead and use it for the score counter as well instead of making yet another score counter, yet another piece or whatever. I think that's just like a simple and very cute and very easy to see for everyone at the table what the scores are as well. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, th- for $20. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. Now, and that one is the German version. It looks kind of nothing like honestly the german version looks a lot better than the english version in my opinion okay so i don't know if that's uh i don't know how similar they really are but yes that's less is more looks pretty good moving on to marvel united x-men uh this is one to five players 35 dollars 40 minute playtime. you cooperate as marvel heroes to stop the villains master plans uh, it looks like they're going to have a promo set exclusive at Gen Con. Seems fun. It's a cooperative game, hand management, card game, and of course based on comic books. Seems great. I think there's a ton of Marvel United stuff. It's not something that I've gotten into. I can't remember. Was it Marvel? You may not know. There was a Kickstarter that came through that like was crazy expensive to actually get it shipped to you because it was just so many boxes and shipping prices keep going up. And I think it might have been like the all in for Marvel United. I can't remember if it was that one or not, but I think there's quite a bit uh, okay. in the Marvel United system. And this is adding X-Men to that. Now, the Marvel United's ranked 345 overall, ranked 54 for family. So very well received game. It's uh, had some 2020 nominees for Golden Geeks, a few different nominees. Yes, Eric M. Lang, one of the designers. What more could you want? Better cover art, in my opinion. I don't like the super cartoony oh. version of it. Um, they're already, like, animated. Oh, that is what they're doing. They are going for... And I think that's a little... The community says it's ages 8+. Plus, and okay. I think that makes a little more sense than the 14+. plus. Sometimes they just put 14+, plus because you actually have to do real testing or something to right. prove that your game is okay for younger audiences. That might be what happened here. They just couldn't be bothered. Um, but I think the a younger audience explains maybe a more cartoony look instead of it. They look like 
not chibis, but kind of. Like they look miniature eyes, like almost like baby heroes. Funko versions of themselves or something almost. Something more like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that it's a valid point to be like, why don't these look like grown up superheroes? Yeah, because at first, from a distance, it was like a small icon. I'm like, sure, the X Men I know, and then I'm like, is it? And then I kept like looking closer. Yeah. And I'm like that is not the Wolverine. Yeah. I have seen. They're he's adorable. Right. Is what he is. Very small, adorable Wolverine. Yes. They, yeah, they're all very cute. But I'm sure it's a great game. That's not a reflection on that. I've never played this. I just that was my kind of first gut reaction. That seems completely legitimate. The next one, Marvel Zombies. These are full-grown superheroes in regular human-adult proportion. Uh, One to six. This is a zombicide game, but with Marvel characters. $50. You know, if you like those two things, I bet you'll like this. How could you not? Yeah. Studio H. Yep. Now, Northgard was a video game, I'm pretty sure. And this is the board game. It says it's a streamlined 4X board game based on North mythology. Two to five players, uh, 45 to 90 minute play time, $90. So you got to mean it. Campaign and battle card driven, uh, campaign slash battle card driven, deck bag and pool building, fantasy and medieval. I'm into medieval fantasy. Mm -hmm. Same. And this also looks, it's not as cute as... Marvel United X-Men. No. But it's on the cuter edge of yes. things. Yeah. Yeah, it seems fine. Lots of miniatures going on. You're laying out uh, mm-hmm. some sort of changing landscape or you're building a landscape. And then I don't know if you're doing battle or you're claiming different things. Um, it seems fun. It looks like there have been a lot of boxes for this. I'm wondering if it was Kickstarter because as you scroll, you can always see images on BoardGameGeek for most of these. The games that haven't been released yet, not always. And they can be user-submitted, so it's not just like the official press shots. It's in people's homes, sometimes them playing it, what they've painted uh, on the minis, for example. There's a picture that has at least five. I can see five boxes here that all look to be Northgard. So having not played the video game, I think I'd, I personally would want to play that and then go to the board game. I don't know that I would come into the board game at $90 without already an, an investment, like a, my own mental investment in the IP. Yeah, that gets a fair point. I mean, they definitely stayed away from that $100 mark on it, but I think maybe intentionally. Yeah. Like, we're not going to charge Just $100. Barely. That'd be ridiculous. Right. $95. Right, right. It tested horrible. We got to get we gotta get $10 less. Right. And in general, for some of these, and this will be a like at Gen Con thing. I haven't decided if we're going to do some sort of live from Gen Con, not really live, but like post basically unedited episodes for some impressions while we're there. Sure. There are some like big box things that I kind of logically realized, well, if I'm, they've all already shipped it to my hometown. So to get some of these big games that otherwise the shipping would have been iffy, we'll put it that way. Now it's already here, and there's a potential savings of quite a bit of money in just trying to get these in, these games individually shipped here. And so I'm sort of thinking about that. So games like this, I don't think it's going to be this one, where they may have like bonus content and extra boxes available there. I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe I need to give a little weight to that, considering how difficult or right. expensive it has been to just to get things delivered to you. That is logistical genius right there. 
I like that line of thinking. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case with suspects. It's one to six players. It's only no. $25. Uh, and I think I got like a little card pack for this, but I don't, I don't know where it is. It's the last Gen Con. And you solve murder mysteries in worlds inspired by Agatha Christie. Not really a murder mystery person, but Aaron and I have been kind of talking about maybe we should try some escape games, exit, like those type of board games. And this might be in that same vein if you're kind of murder mystery cooperative deduction stuff. Right. Yeah. It's a box with um, some cards in it. Those cards look to be a sort of a <laughs> dossier style. I mean, that yeah. is the game. So. I think we could copy and paste like, well, there's a box with some cards in it. <laughs> and uh, that's the game they've made here. And really, yeah. that 240, 50 sometimes is, uh, is uh, what we've been doing on these episodes. It is true. But it does have like a little, I'm guessing these things actually come in it, a little pipe and a pocket watch. Oh, I didn't see that on my picture. Are you seeing that? Keep, no. uh, keep on clicking. Keep on clicking through. I don't know if that's just what someone's set dressing that they did for it. Oh, maybe. Well, they I see a lady me. with a pipe. Well, keep going, and she has other. She's got other accessories. Okay, we'll strike that. So you'll have to bring your own <laughs> pipe and pocket watch. <laughs> yeah. For again, maybe a theme night that you're having, possibly by yourself. Listen, party one. Yeah, it does look like otherwise a lot of paperwork. I think that's the that's the balance on some of these games where it's like, oh, it's a it's a mystery and we're solving it and then we're a detective and it's like you know detectives have a lot of paperwork so yeah yeah so that's suspects and i'm trying to see oh i think it just says three because there's maybe three intriguing mysteries there's three intriguing mysteries oh there might be like one of three it certainly seems like the kind of thing that they could make a thousand of oh how could they not agatha christie wrote this is a fun fact. She actually wrote over <laughs> 2.2 million books. So, Ooh, they had a lot of running room on yep. this. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Now, Thunderworks Games. I believe Thunderworks is local-ish to you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere up That's there. That's right. Up yeah. in here in the, uh, the WI. Yeah, so they have some more map packs for cartographers. I'm a little annoyed because I bought the collector's edition for cartographers. It came with Cartographer's Heroes. And it had some extra, I got some extra map packs with that. I kind of feel like, could you have not made all these map packs at once and put them in that collector's box? But whatever, I guess I'm going to be spending $35 to buy the $10, $10, and $15 expansions of The Frozen Expanse, uh, Realm of Frost Giants, yep. Kethra's Step, Steppy, uh, Red Tooth and Gold Belly, and the Hornhelm Wasteland Market. I wish I, I don't even care what's on the map. I'm in a completionist place. I already got the collector's edition. Just, just hand over the map packs. So I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at this and I can see four games on here. And I thought all of these were cartographers map packs. And the next game, I thought, really, they're doing roller coasters in cartographers? Like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> they are not. That's the like next game. a bit game. of a tone shift. Yes, that's Ten Penny Parks. This one has been out when we uh, when we came up to visit you. I saw this game and considered buying it. I I did not. I can't remember. I bought some other Thunderworks thing while I was up there. Oh, I bought the big role player. I bought the big old oh, role yeah. player box and all the extra role player stuff instead. Um, but for Ten Penny Parks, it's one to four. You build epic theme parks to attract visiting people and inspire thrill, awe, and joy. 
seems wonderful. Yeah, and that's what theme parks do yeah. every time. Yeah, so right on theme. It's income, it's set collection, it's city building. $60, which I think is also a little bit of, I'm guessing that's why I didn't buy it and all the role player. I probably needed to make a choice there. So I don't know what is... I don't know if it's just euro. I think it's just a kind of euro $60. It doesn't look like there's, you know, the spill had that like tower in it and then you're dropping dice in the tower. doesn't look like there's anything like that here. It looks very standard polyomino tiles and cards. Some very fun art. Uh, Feels like a little, I think it feels of a certain era in a way that they very much intended and have nailed. Yes. But it also feels like fantastical because there's hover racers. Correct. Yeah, it's almost steampunky in that way, but not exactly steampunk. Where it's like a a clash of eras. Yeah. I tell you, there's a picture on Board Game Geek of people playing it in their kitchen and and their two kids. And it's these two kids approved. They, they (laughs) They seem like they're into it. So if they're any indication of the fun you could have with your family, I mean, pay the $60. Go ahead and get it. It's going to be a great time. I wish they would have like a fast pass option so you could like cut to the head of the line for like an additional $20 (laughs) just to really be on brand. (laughs) Oh, you know what? There is like a 3D carousel thing happening that looks to be constructed from cardboard. Oh, in the middle there? Okay. I do see that now. Yeah. And actually it was a tabletop simulator picture that I was looking at that I could actually tell that it was 3D, but I'm thinking that's also the case in the regular physical board game. So that's fun. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's 3D. Oh, I see those nice. approving children nice. now. Yeah, they are very. Yeah, a, lit- a literal thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're having a great time. They're having a great time. Yeah, and it looks like for the back to the cartographers ones, you can see the map that they like. If you click through to the pictures, you can see the maps. But again, it's cartographers. They basically look like all the other maps. Like they're they're different or whatever. Right. But you know that it's still that same grid and and whatever else. And they have some, you know, extra cards, different, um, either different objectives or different, I don't know that they're called monsters, but you know what I mean. Different yeah. monsters. Um, one of them has a hero that comes with it. So it's really car- works with cartographers heroes. All seems great. I like Thunderworks games quite a bit. Um, I think that they, aside from just making good games, they make very good looking games. And I can be a bit shallow of a gamer and want something that is pretty as well as fun. Um, and they definitely hit the mark there. Solid. Hopefully they have a cool booth. Oh yeah, I can like I don't even remember what it was last year. They may not have been last year. A lot of a lot of people didn't come. Um, so the next one is Ubisoft Montreal, bringing Orlog, Assassin's Creed Valhalla dice game. I had this game. I got rid of it. I only bought it because it said Assassin's Creed. Right. And it is the Orlog dice game from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I. Because I only bought it for like a collector sense, I did not feel like the components and overall quality were good enough. I backed it on Kickstarter. I opened the box. I was like, oh, and then I sold it. Okay. Seems fair. So nothing to say about the actual gameplay. I felt like for what I paid, I'm now thinking like, oh, a lot of that was just paying for the Assassin's Creed licensing. Right. I wanted the quality to be a little better, and it was kind of average IP game quality. It had some, like, unique pieces to it or whatever, but this didn't. I 
I I didn't care for it. Now, at Gen Con, hopefully you'll be able to see it open yourself and maybe you will not feel the same way or won't be buying it to the same end for the same purpose of kind of being this collector's item. I thought it did not really hit that level. When they've been making stupid expensive collector's editions of the game itself that have nicer components in them, those little accessories and things that they make. So I think I was looking for that kind of quality, and that was sort of overshooting it for what this actually was. Well, that's good feedback. I'm letting you know you're an uh, Assassin's Creed enthusiast, so I trust your opinion. I am an enthusiast. Yes, this is true. So Van Ryder Games is mostly bringing Final Girl. They have they have some other things. They have some other things, but they have quite a bit of Final Girl. You know what? Before we get to that, there's the Dark Mage. How could I just skip over the Dark Mage? One to zero players. It says it's a graphic novel adventure. I don't really know what that means. It's not the only graphic novel adventure. They have more of those as we continue down this list. So read a little bit about this. It looks like it's just... An actual graphic novel that you you follow along the comic panels, basically. You have a sheet in front of you, like a role-playing game, that you'll track your health, your different attributes, as well as like possessions and things like that. So it looks like just like a like a lone wolf RPG is what they used to call these, where it was just a okay. one-player role-playing game. Uh, the visual aspect of it being okay. a graphic novel, I guess, makes it different than just a book with a lot of text and charts. Yeah. I think that's all this is. Okay. A very, very much a subsect of what you would call board gaming or even RPGs, I guess, themselves. Correct. Yeah. I don't think there's a board. I don't know if there's anything other than just the book and this sheet of paper, from what I'm understanding. Interesting. Yeah. So it definitely sounds like something that if you hear that and you are like, ooh, like it's for you. But maybe that's not a lot of people that are going to have that reaction. No, and I like that they do it because I thought it was really cool when solo RPGs came out, you know, kind of in Mm -hmm. one of the big spikes of D&D and all those kind of things. That was a really cool concept then. Um, So hopefully maybe that resurgence is bringing more people Mm -hmm. into that because I think it is fun and it gets people into role playing who don't even necessarily have people they can play with. I think that's a cool market to make sure we're always hitting. But... I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily doing it for me, but maybe some of the other ones will. So, but if you're into right. there, dark mages, go for it. There was a, uh, I think, I think it was a solo RPG that Shut Up and Sit Down talked about called the Thousand Thousand Year Old Vampire, something along those lines. And it was something they covered during the pandemic. I think you know people found themselves with more than enough time on their hands, right? And especially if you were into that kind of game. Now you are probably solo, and I wonder how similar this is to something like that. I I don't think because I think that thousand year old vampire you effectively were kind of journaling with prompts, like it was kind of having you form a story. Oh, interesting. I, I and I I don't think I am like all that I find sort of interesting, but I just can't see myself when it comes down to it, and I have two hours or whatever however amount of time they don't give a play time for these. I just see myself picking something else before these. Agreed. I think some are done well. And I mean, I'd be open to that. Mm-hmm. The, that vampire one sounds a little strange with the journaling. Not strange, just weird. 
not, not weird, but just, you know, off-putting. I don't know. The words aren't getting better. Um, <laughs> right. So, Bizarre and horrible. I mean, <laughs> right. it's fine. I, I, and I think this is yeah. maybe like a Jason question or like a concept. Because he'll like tell yeah. me and us about like games like, oh, I played this video game where you're a bank teller. You're like, what do you do? Oh, no, you just like yeah. run a bank for nine hours. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. So I'm just going to pass <laughs> on all this stuff. Yeah. And that's I, the Steam sale is currently going on. It's about to end, the Steam summer sale. And I got some simulation games because they were deeply discounted. And I'm still like, I got them. But I'm kind of like, gosh, I don't really know that I'm going to put the hours into this that it thinks that I should. Right. Um, but yeah, and there were also some that I looked at that were like, yeah, there's a, there's a level of offbeat that Jason is far more tolerant to than I think anyone else in the group. For sure. So he may have a different take on it or like, you know, be more enthused about any of these, Mm -hmm. uh, possibly Mm -hmm. even any of the five final girl expansions. Right. Right. And Jason, we we believe Jason will be joining us on the next episode, which will be kind of a getting the any of the games that we've missed that they've been added since we've recorded and then doing a little other recap, kind of making some picks. So he might have something to say about any of these Van Ryder games. Final Girl is really well received. Uh, And it's a solo game. You alone must survive and defeat the horror movies killer. The core box is $20 and then they have all these expansions they have Frightmare on Maple Lane had a hard time making sure I said that right Uh, they have Slaughter in the Groves they have the Happy Trails Horror they have the Haunting of Creech Manor again each one of those $20 and all of them you're trying to survive and defeat the killer at insert location right so yeah if you're into that theme and uh, a solo adventure for that. I mean, it probably seems like a good time. Like, Yeah. It says it re-implements Hostage Negotiator. Uh, not a game I know about, but that's from 2015. Okay. And they both, the original Hostage Negotiator and Final Girl, rank decently high on thematic or in the 200s. And then overall rank is in uh, 1,300, 1,100 for the two games. Okay. Yeah, I, this seems like it could be fun. I could see the appeal for sure of this. And I very much like a solo game. Very much don't like killers, horror, hunter thing. So I, I'm thinking it's one I'm going to stay away from. But they give you, I think that the core box is just $20 and then they have each one of these expansions being $20. I think that's a, a pretty nice system. If you enjoy it, you can kind of step deeper and deeper and get more and more of the content for not a huge price every time. And I do like they're not taking themselves too seriously with it. Frightmare on Maple Lane, obviously very funny yeah. pun and stuff, you know? So, I mean, I like that it's not so much so, you know, in that horror path where like, it's not without its, mm-hmm. its kitschiness and its funness. Yeah. And I wonder if they'll ever, I wonder if they will get an IP because they're kind of referencing, you know, horror movies. It seems like a thing that you could very easily theme and actually be in one of those stories. But, you know, maybe they just don't need to. I shouldn't I shouldn't put that on there. I shouldn't make everybody get an IP. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Grand Tournament. I honestly, speaking of IPs, at first glance, I thought it might be one. And it could still be. Heck if I know. Um, but it's like a uh, cartoon characters. It's another graphic novel adventure. 
and this one is $25. It looks, you know, cover art aside, everything else about it seems to be just like that dark mage. And that continues with, if we skip down a bit, the Sherlock Holmes oh, sure. International, Sherlock Holmes The Beginning. Oh yeah, those two. Sherlock Holmes International and Sherlock Holmes The Beginning. $25. It's a book and it's a one-player adventure. If you want to go to space, there's Space Brigade, also a graphic novel adventure in space, I, yes. I would hope. Those being covered, there's one more, I don't want to say normal game, but I'm going to say exactly that. Normal game called Keepers, a beautiful game for clever people. This is another one that kind of looks like a book because the front looks more like a photo. Back to, who was it, Coyote somebody? Yeah. Who had just a an actual photograph on on the front of the box. This looks like that. It looks more like a photograph. I'm, I can't tell exactly if it is of just some nature, like a waterfall, some green nature. I don't uh, really get what's happening in this game just offhand. It looks very minimalist. Very much so. Like where are the rest of the pieces defining... in this box? Yes. Uh, you cleverly associate a single word with stunning photographs to outwit your opponents. It's three to eight players. 15 to 30 minutes. Um, it, it's actually releasing this year, so not a lot more uh, on here. And it looks like you choose a word that's not a noun to describe the card in your hand and announce it, all players, then play a card they think aligns the most, or at least with that word. So it's kind of that game, as you said before, yep. that we keep playing. Yep. Um, but you'll have, let's see, Byron Georgian's portfolio of art. That is apparently a person who has done a lot of these pictures, like has a photographer is what I'm guessing. Yeah, at least of some sort of so waterfall neat. mossy area. That's the one on the cover. Yeah. So I don't know where you know else what? he took some photos, but there is some moss involved. Oh, you know what? It's nice. Is it? It's nice. It's just, it's, it's trees, it's leaves, it's waterfalls. Okay. Repeat. Okay. It's trees, it's leaves, it's waterfalls. In a very, you'll see it, and then you'll realize, and maybe this is the case, a bunch of people copied him. Like, mm. there's a vibe here that's going to look like the puzzles you've seen. It's going to look like the background of motivational quotes or memes from the internet. Like... I think it maybe looks generic. I'm wondering if it looks generic because he's the one who did this thing. I mean, it's 600,000 times. I mean, he's got to be, right? <sighs> it seems like it. It seems like it. But I don't really know his... We won't get too deep into his bio here necessarily. But it looks like he's been doing this for 40 years. Oof, wow. Okay. And he's had 11,000 images published and 25,000 fine art prints installed all over the world. Right. Mostly in hospitals. So, yeah. The, when you were a place and saw... I mean, he's got a lot of healthcare senior livings listed here. He's got corporate. He's got private collections. Military bases. In, in Dick's Sporting Goods stores. In some places. So, yeah. It, it seems like if you saw that art, that it's a good chance it was Byron. Yeah. And, it's, and it is. It's very pleasing. So, like, I'm not, yeah, not knocking the art because yeah. I feel like, yeah, I would love to have, you know, an old farmhouse tree somewhere, you know, on my wall. Right. But for this player judge voting deduction, like, you could also just, like, 
probably get a book of his art and you could just like look at it together. Right. Or when you get tired of those graphic novels, you could just use the pages from those. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we're just going to move on now to Weird Giraffe Games. And first up, Gift of Tulips. There's a windmill waving yeah. around tulips. So on brand mm-hmm. for, uh, is it the Netherlands where they do all that? I think so. I think so. And Holland, Michigan. But that's here nor there. This is Gather and Give Tulips in a Flower Festival. Two to six players. It's $20, 20 minutes, area majority and influence, and commodity speculation. Okay, I like those things. I like the high saturation on the cards of the tulip art. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very bright. They are not afraid. They are not afraid to use that color. Print it. Print it again. Nope. Right on top of that. Print it again. Like just. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Positively bleeding through. (laughs) Um, Now, aside from that, like there are these colorful cards. There's a score track. I'm thinking Uh, it's a lot of numbers. In no way seems to match those pictures of tulips. No, stark contrast. No, no, no. Uh, quite muted. Uh, so it looks to be a set collection situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know that it's anything that I'm excited about. I think if it's the same game as other games like this, and I don't know that it is, but it might be like a visual upgrade from those games, depending right. on which game that is. Yeah. So I'll give it that. Like, even if it's very similar, hey, it, this there's no way whatever game you're playing that does this has a more brilliant black and white sketch many to brilliant color of flower mm-hmm. scale. Yeah. The next one from Weird Draft Games is Studies in Sorcery. It's one to four players. It's $25. It looks like it was actually released last year, and they have an expansion for it as well. Studies in Sorcery Divination. Uh, And that is a $12 expansion where you can earn your master's degree in divination. (laughs) That's fun. How fun. It, you know, a lot of studies in sorcery, it's hard not to think Harry Potter, as it's been pretty pervasive. Yeah. Uh, But it doesn't really doesn't really look I mean I don't know I just saw a mandrake I don't know doesn't really look any more like that than you would generically expect a lot more bones in this one it looks like more focus on the bones there are a lot of bones yes i i would say majority bones is the bone man do you see the bone man figure is that does that come with it or is that just someone's choice on these pictures I have not seen the Bone Man, so that might be something that's haunting you specifically. Well, you know what? I and was going to bring that up as you well. May I see him every morning. Want to run? Okay. All right. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next game. Yeah. I'll deal with that on my own time. Uh, Wicked and Wise. It's two to six players. It's thirty-five dollars, and um, a team I can almost guarantee you haven't heard of before. <laughs> Dragons and mice are going to manipulate a trick-taking game into their favor. I don't know who the... Are the dragons... No, they're teaming up. Right. I was. I thought maybe they were fighting against one another, but who are they then fighting against? The trick... The trick-taking? So players are either the dragons who are playing a trick-taking game, or they're a mouse allied with a particular dragon to help manipulate the trick-taking game. Oh, okay. Okay. So the dragons are playing and the mice are helping. 
Right, but I don't think you know maybe who is a mouse or who isn't. So like, like imagine we were playing a trick-taking game and I was just like oh. helping you win and helping Aaron lose, I think is what this is. Oh, uh, well, you're selling it. I know. It sounds it's like so much fun. That, that sounds pretty good. Uh, if we if that is indeed what happens here, this is also heavily saturated with color. Yes, which I like. I don't think it's. I don't know that all of the art feels very consistent to me. No, but you know, no, they definitely spent more time making sure it glowed and that there was some sort of an aura on mm-hmm. the cards more than like the item itself being all that good. Yeah, and then the uh, graphic design of like the text and the layout of the cards, where that kind of stuff is looks pretty basic. 100% agree. So in, in some way, it doesn't feel like quite integrated into the rest of the theme. Very clear to read, though, and maybe that's just what they are prioritizing here. Yeah, that seems right. I like the back of the cards. If it's that dragon mouse purple backed, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It looks like you the kind of back you would expect from a nice deck of playing cards. Even there's a like two crescent moon thing happening as well on some of the cards. Yeah, it's very the, good. But then the card backs to me just don't look like they match the card fronts exactly. Not at all. Two different departments no. at uh, here at yeah, Weird, Weird Giraffe. Giraffe Games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they do have cardboard money tokens. It's For what's happening here, I could see there being like a slightly nicer edition of this just because like the art's so nice. And I think when you've made that investment, then if you... If I did have some kind of little metal coins or, you know, metal coins in an expansion, feel like they could go with this game in a heartbeat. Oh, a stretch goal should have been certainly you get a live mouse. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need that kind of responsibility. You know, teach yourself. If I got to bring the actual mouse to the board. (laughs) Right. I don't know. WizKids has... Two games, and that is, oh, that's the bottom of this list. It is. And the first one is Marvel Remix. This uh, looks like it's releasing in August, so new release, two to six players, $20. You will build the ultimate Marvel team of heroes and villains by building the best hand. I just feel like Marvel's on everything. It is. Now, these are properly drawn, so, Oh, you know what? This re-implements Fantasy Realms. Really? And there's another Fantasy Realms... I think it's Star Trek. They made like a Fantasy Realm spinoff with Star Trek. So I guess this is what they're up to. Well, I like this very much. Yeah, I guess that's what they're up to now. And I don't know how much it changes to fit the theme. I know that when I saw the Star Trek one, I was like, this is different enough that I'm like a little confused. It just it wasn't like the exact same cards, but now just a picture of Star Trek. Yeah, same with this. Like there's symbols on here that I don't fully understand right and you still see things like blanked unless with a hero and a location so you like you see the same kind of setup there but it's not so similar that you can immediately like match everything up yeah that's uh that's pretty cool actually i like it you know they have star trek they have marvel there may be more of those on the way um and then finally yosemite this is a two-player game you maneuver through Yosemite to take the best pictures of different animals. I, you know, there's a lot of pictures and animals. I'm not mad about it. Oh, yeah, same. Take nothing but pictures, leave nothing but footprints. Isn't that the, the phrase? Artist is Beth Sobel. Oh, we know how we feel about She's Beth Sobel. Drawing some nature? Yep. Yeah, bring her on in. I don't know that, like, 
I love the way the actual game seems to look on the table. Like when I'm looking at a picture of it, I think maybe the box art is delivering a lot more than the game itself. The game itself looks a bit... Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't feel as evocative and exciting and kind of dreamy as the cover itself. It's like you're playing Beth Sobel slot machines. I feel uh, like it's, where it's just like these rows of, yeah. It looks a little like that. Yeah. These isolated images of the different animals on some color background. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel like I'm in Yosemite for sure. It's not transporting oh, no. me. No, no. You're going to need to look just at the cover for that. <laughs> just stare at it. Being a 20 minute game, $30. I think for the $30 and what it seems like is inside it's looking like that's a little expensive, but that's just a first impression. Is it a graphic novel as well? No, I have to ask I, that question after these. I don't think it is. I don't. Okay. I don't think so. No, right, I think it's. Know. I think it's just a, a just a game. You're going to be competing to be photographer of the year. I don't know how you're going to impress the judges the most. It's probably going to be victory points. You know. <laughs> right. They're very easily swayed by yeah. a stack of the same type of animal or whatever it is. So. <laughs> Yeah. So that is the almost last. This is the last episode because we've gotten to the bottom, but we're going to have one more that hits the games that were added after we started. We're also going to maybe talk briefly about some demo games that are going to be available. So not for sale, but still ones you can see there. And we also intend to do like a kind of a Monopoly money challenge of if you had $500 to take to Gen Con and spend on the games that are listed, the ones that we've covered. How are you spending your $500? And we know that could be as little as five games uh, for some of the things that we've seen. Or, I mean, you know, it could be a, a lot of copies of Marvel Remix. Maybe that's what you're into. <laughs> right. We didn't say uh, you could We are not get taking any taxes or any sort of handling fees, right? We're just going we to are MSRP. not. Okay. No. I honestly... I have no concept of if they charge taxes at Gen. Like I don't remember at all. It was a lot. I don't of know either. Yeah. Give you shut up and take my money. Sort of a vibe when I was there personally. Like that's the energy I was bringing. Right. So uh, yeah, we we will not be considering sales tax. It's going to be like the internet in the early two thousands. Perfect. Just, just buy things. <laughs> yeah. Just buy. I don't know. Digital. How can we even? Figure that out. Just take it. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 62. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. We thought the next episode would be the last installment, and it will be a list wrap-up with the whole Variant Hex gang. That's me, Adam, Aaron, and Jason. We'll talk about late additions to the list, games that are available for demo, and sharing what we'd buy if we had $500 to spend. However, in the time that it's taken to edit these episodes, nearly a hundred more games were added. So there is actually a lightning run episode that will happen even after that with Adam and I again. If you're listening to these in reverse, you have 61 episodes headed your way with nine of those being about this same preview list. 
I've made a lot of comments about we never should have done this, but we have had a good time. We've enjoyed talking about these games and we are excited for Gen Con. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.